Hello, everyone, and welcome to KHM Today, your weekly resource for industry news and straight up fun. My name is Ashley Newton, and I am stepping in today to host our show on today, October 26th, for our very special Halloween episode. If you could not tell, I am in costume. And if you have any guess as to what this costume is, what I'm supposed to be, please let us know in the comments because I would feel really happy if at least one person got what my costume is supposed to be. So Carolyn is on her first ever river cruise. So we're so excited for her and that is why she is not able to host our show today. She is sailing with our partners at Riviera River Cruises. But we are able to have a quick message from her and see how her trip is going live right now. So we're going to bring Carolyn on. And I think she ran into a couple KHM travel agents as well while she is on her trip. So hi, Carolyn. Hi, Ashley. How are you? I'm going to say you're like Blue Monday or something like that. Like Monday Blues. That's it. Monday Blues. You got it. You got it. <laughs> oh, I figured it out. Yay. Yay. Oh, that's so great. I never guessed things like that. It just came to me. So, so I'm dying to know. How's it going? How was your first river cruise? So, so far, so amazing. Um, it, it really has been fun. I didn't know what to expect. And we've just had a fabulous time. We started in Budapest. We land uh, Saturday night and we had a little time to, to you know, move around the city that night exhausted. But then Sunday we had the whole day and it was absolutely gorgeous. I think it was about 70 degrees. And a fun fact for our Halloween episode is that when you go to the apartment house, the Hungarian flag flies, but next to it, the Transylvania flag flies as well. But Transylvania is no longer part of Hungary, but you can see that they still want it to be part of Hungary because the flag still flies. So it's really very fascinating. And um, but interestingly enough, they will not fly the EU flag. So you have the Hungarian flag and you have Transylvania flag, but no EU. Flag. So there's a little tidbit for your for your Wednesday afternoon. Huh, that is very interesting. And I would have never guessed. <laughs> I know. Um, Rick Steves, thank you very much. I ran into two KHM agents that I wasn't expecting to see. So they're going to pop into the screen here. We have Renee and Robin who happen to be on our cruise. And we have just been having a fabulous time. It's so great to be on board. We've got um, U.S.-based agents, Canadian agents. We, and we've got passengers that are here, um, kind of some groups throughout the country, which is also awesome. Um, but one of the things I wanted to point out to you guys because this was my first one, I had no idea what to expect. And we got in our cabin this, this folder with a map, but that that's impressive enough. But here's the cool part. Every single port you can see has a little like destination map. So this was from Estragum, which we were in two days ago. So we get this little map. So you don't lose where you're going, which we still did, but that's okay. Um, I left the map this time in my stateroom. I didn't make that mistake today. But then on the back, it gives you a little history and you can take notes. So I thought that was so fun. It's for every single port. So if you don't have a guidebook, that's okay. You can use these and it's a little bit of a guide. So I'm just loving that. And they do a little briefing every afternoon after 
afternoon tea, which is also very relaxing. And um, you have to see my husband. I, I posted a few pictures on social media because he's so studious about it. taking his notes and making sure that we go to the right places at the right time. Um, but I have to tell you, we were the very last ones on the ship today. So I don't know if that was like a woohoo, you were out exploring the town or guys, could you maybe make it back a few minutes early? So we'll find out tomorrow when they let us off the ship, whether or not we're supposed to like, ooh, explore the town or please be on time tomorrow. We'll see what the captain has to say. Uh, well, that sounds incredible. I'm so happy that you're loving it. I mean, I, I knew that you would, but it sounds awesome. Gotta love running into KHM agents. You know, there's nothing better yeah. than seeing our community out and about and doing their travel thing. So that is just awesome. Is there any highlights? Yeah, have you guys had fun? Definitely. It's been awesome. It's yeah. been a wonderful time. And the camaraderie has been great. Yeah. Yes. It's a great, great, great everything. Great fam, great vacation. Everything. Great food, great destinations. It's it's an amazing itinerary. We have to say thank you to Bruce Metzendorf, our host for this fam. He's been just awesome. Well, and he was with our 2.0ers last week, and everyone just loved it. So um, I can't wait to come back and report to you all my experience and how much fun we had. And just it's it's very immersive, which I think I didn't know how immersive it was going to be, but we're actually we're absolutely experiencing that. Right. We're doing the itinerary just as a guest would do. So we're doing not an abbreviated fan, but the whole entire trip. So it's it's really from the beginning to the end. We understand the whole process and the whole pro the whole the whole, the whole shebang. The whole shebang. Yeah, it's been wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I so, love that. Well, thanks. We're getting lots of comments here with um, maps are awesome. <laughs> uh, and and Riviera exclamation points. So love you guys so much. Awesome. Well, I hope that you guys have a wonderful rest of your trip. You know, be sure to let us know all about it. Can't wait to hear, you know, what the highlights were and everything. Yes, in two days we hit Salzburg, which you know is my highlight because it's all things Sound of Music. Oh, and Mozart, that that, that guy too. But um, Salzburg, you know, for me is all about the Sound of Music, so I'll be happy to report back. Oh yeah, and to do sing-alongs. Yeah, we're doing sing-alongs on the coast. Yep, I'm downloading some tracks because clearly the Wi-Fi is pretty good. All right, so if I wasn't jealous before. I am jealous now. A sing-along <laughs> on the river and majestic countrysides? Come on. It does not get better than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it does because the rest of this episode is going to be amazing. And I thank you so much for pinch hitting for me this week. You know, we always got your back. So why don't you go get back to your fam, get back to your trip, enjoy, and you'll be back next week. It'll be here before you know it. Awesome. All right, you guys have a great rest of your show. Matt, Ashley, you're going to knock it out of the park. So mwah. see you guys. Take care. Happy Halloween. Bye. Yes, happy Halloween. Bye. All right. So that was so cool. I love that we were able to check in with Carolyn as she's globe trotting with other agents and learning. And you know she's going to come back and share all of that knowledge with you. So back to some Halloween stuff. You know, it is only a few days away, which is really exciting. But it's also kind of sad for me because I hate seeing the spooky season coming to an end. And if you've been watching the show for a while, that's probably not too big of a surprise. Um, in the past, I came on last year and I shared Halloween costumes and crafts and cocktails. 
And if you want to relive any of that or really at any point, if you're missing Carolyn and you just want to see more of her, you can always go back in our YouTube playlist and watch any of our past episodes under the KHM Today playlist. But in this show today, I will be sharing some Halloween stuff. Uh, we're going to show some treats. I'm going to show you how to make a bat out of a napkin, which I experimented with today. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. So stay tuned for that. But first, I thought it would be kind of fun to kick things off with what I'm calling Haunted Halloween History. And don't worry, I know not everybody likes history, so I'm going to try to do this in one minute. I have my phone out. I'm actually going to time myself. Okay, time to put my auctioneer voice uh, to its full use here. I'm going to take a deep breath. And three, two, Haunted Halloween History, now. The history of Halloween can be traced 2,000 years ago to the Celtic festival of Samhain. It marked the start of the new year when they believed the line between the living and the dead became blurred. Celtic priests would light bonfires and people would wear costumes to ward off spirits. The Celts resided in mainly what is known as modern-day Ireland, the, the United Kingdom, and northern France. In the U.S., Halloween traditions evolved as European immigrants arrived, and it was centered around ghost stories, witchcraft, and pranks. Mrs. Elizabeth Krebs was sick of the vandalization taking place in her town of Hiawatha, Kansas, and the destruction to her rose garden. So she organized townwide parties, aka the Halloween frolic, and threw them year after year until this tradition actually started to replace the pranks and everything that was going on, and her garden was able to remain intact. So thank you, Mrs. Elizabeth Krebs. And horror movies emerged in the 1890s, just a few years after the advent of the motion picture itself, several by Georges Méliès, including what many recognize as the first true horror film, Le Manor du Diable, or The Devil's Manor. One minute. <laughs> I didn't think I made it. Um, I know that that was a lot and really fast. It was just kind of a fun idea to give us a little bit of a background on how we got to the Halloween that we know today. I will include my sources in the video description if you want to do more of a deep dive into that. Now let's put uh, Halloween aside for a minute, which was hard for me to do, but we are here to talk about travel. So let's dive into some travel topics. And first off, we're going to start with our Ask KHM Today segment. Ask KHM Today is a chance for travel agents everywhere whether you're with KHM Travel Group or not, you can go ahead and submit your questions to us, and then we answer them live on the show. And today, I have the pleasure of being joined with some awesome travel agent experts to help me answer the questions. So let's go ahead and bring on um, Matt Walgren. And, oh goodness, Ashley, we went over this, and I'm still going to mess it up. Ashley Clark. Joel Vizan. Joel Vizan. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was so focused on the French stuff in that other segment that I- It's okay, thinking, it's okay. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for being on the show. You know, we love having you here. And I'm so thankful that you are here to answer this question because I would be so lost <laughs> on where to direct our team and our talent with this. So we had a question submitted to us and that question is, how do I find clients? I feel like I've exhausted all my avenues, which were pretty much my family and friends. I feel like this is something we hear all the time. We talk about it all the time. And it's something that new agents particularly probably need a little bit of help or direction with. But I feel like all agents, you know, are always looking for ways to find new clients. So we're just going to dive right into it and get to the good stuff. So I want to know how each of you personally find clients for your travel business. And let's go ahead and start with Ashley on this one. 
Hi, guys. Um, so just a little background. I've been in business for about five years. And when I first started out, um, it's a little bit different from how I find clients now. Ooh. But I'm going to talk about how I started um, my business in finding clients. So I think it's really important that you establish yourself so that people can find you online. Um, so make sure that you're going on Google and um, making sure that when somebody puts a travel agent near me, that you come up on that list and hopefully number one on that list. Um, one way to get you uh, once you have people traveling is also to ask people to do those reviews on there um, on Google. So that was one of my still is one of my biggest ways that people find me. Um, also making sure in the beginning to establish a Facebook page just for my my travel business. Um, and on there um, is where I post uh, myself traveling um, deals. If I post deals, um, tips, all kinds of different things on um, my my travel or my Facebook page. Um, also asking for people to share um, posts. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so really finding um, some, I call them my cheerleaders in the beginning. So find those people, whether it's friends, family, um, previous clients, whoever it might be, have them be your cheerleaders. Um, so it's not just you saying, I'm great. <laughs> it's yeah. somebody else saying, you're amazing. Book your travel with uh, near and far travel services or whatever your business is. So those are probably my top three ways that I was um, getting clients in the beginning. So Google, Facebook, and then just people word of mouth, um, you know, talking about me and my business. For the Google aspect, I think that we all get a little nervous or it's very, seems so complicated and it seems so daunting to sort of break into that. Did you feel like it took a while for you to start climbing up the results or were there certain keywords or how did you sort of cut through the chaos there? Yeah. So, it, you know, when you first do um, apply for Google, um, it's not immediate. So they uh, have to review, make sure that you're legit. And then they send you a postcard in the mail where you actually can start your Google. Um, I am blessed that I'm one of the only travel agents in my area. So that helps with the search. Um, but definitely once you start adding the reviews and requesting reviews on there, um, you're going to be one of the top ones in the area. Um, I don't think it, it didn't take me long um, to be one of those top ones in the area. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Matt, do you have any ways that Ashley didn't already share or maybe your own take on them that you think agents would find helpful for finding clients? Absolutely. And the reviews part of Google I would say is huge too. If you don't, if you just set up that Google uh, profile and don't have any reviews, it's not going to get as much traction. So make sure you're sending that out to your client. That's a big deal. But I did want to go back a little bit because we mentioned friends and family. In mm -hmm. fact, um, I recently reviewed the, our annual survey that we sent out to agents and 71% of them said they made their first booking through friends and family. So that's often where people start and then they don't know how to get out of that. Um, of course, there's a snowball effect to that because you get referrals from them, but how can we branch out more? And uh, one of the ways that um, you can do it is think about how you can get yourself out there, either physically or it doesn't have to be physically. It could be just writing people that you think would be good for your target. I talked to an KHM agent who's in the Dallas area, 
And she was reaching out to famous cheerleaders on Instagram because everybody's got these Instagram because she saw that they were getting married or that someone just proposed them and they wrote on there, oh, I'm engaged. And she said, hey, how would you like it if I um, plan your destination wedding? And she got some leads on that and she planned some trip. And then guess what? They started referring her to the other cheerleaders out there. So find that niche market that you want to go after. If it is, you know, honeymoons or weddings, that will start spreading the word as well. Um, getting out there physically, for me, I don't do it every day, but I do have a mindset that I am a business owner and I'm always a business owner. A lot of my leads I get in at Uber. I get in the Uber, I talk to the driver. We're just talking casually. I'm not doing a sales pitch or anything. I talk about travel. They end up talking about it and what they want to do. And I say, well, I am a travel advisor. If you need help, you know, here's my business card. And I give them a stack because then they can give it to their other writers. Um, <laughs> another thing I like to do is if I have um, on um, agent uh, travel leaders, right? You can go on there through engagement and order these special magazines that they do cost some money, but they're not expensive, about a dollar. And they will have your branding on it. I bring, I take those home. I don't get many, maybe I get 20 to 40 of them. And when I go to the doctor's office, I drop it off there because they always have those stacks of um, magazines there. Mm -hmm. um, same with the hairstylist, same with anywhere I have an appointment. I just kind of leave it on that table then. And I've gotten some leads that way as well. So it's just any way you can put yourself out there, talk about travel, not in a salesy way. Um, now, getting back to the social media aspect we talked about, when I first started with that, I thought, you know, I used Facebook business page. And I thought, okay, well, I got my personal page and I've got my business page. I'm just going to post, you know, about travel on my business page. And it wasn't really as effective. You kind of have to marry the two. A lot of people are booking through us because they like us specifically because of our expertise or they just like us, right? And so you kind of have to put some posts on your personal Facebook as well, but not a salesy pitch. Oftentimes what I do is I just talk about where I've been traveling or a memory of a travel that I did in the past and what I liked about it. And then I just put a little hashtag at the bottom that makes it clear that I'm a travel advisor or I'll state something in the sentence, you know, as a travel advisor, blah, 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 blah. But I'm not saying, hey, book with me or hey, click right. here to book this not trying to be so salesy on it, but just let them know that you exist and they'll come. Well, you know, I actually follow you both personally on Facebook and I see you guys posting and I think you guys do such an incredible job of finding that balance that you're talking about, Matt, where you're just showing your real life, which involves travel. And I don't know, it inspires me every time. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like it looks so fun. But like you said, even when you meet people in person, instead of bringing up your travels first, ask them where they've been. People love to talk about their own travel and their own experiences. So I think that's a really great way to just break the ice and you know get the conversation flowing. Um, and I know we're throwing so many great tips out there, but if you had to pick maybe one tried and true thing that you've used that helped you got clients that you think would be a good place for somebody to start, what would that be? Either, either of you can hop in on this. <laughs> I was just going to piggyback off of what um, Matt said as well, is that, you know, when when we're a travel advisor, you can book travel anywhere, right? You could go on Expedia or, or wherever you want. But a client, if they 
think of you and think of travel, that is my goal when I market myself is when you think of me, I want you to think of travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the number one thing. And especially my tried and true, <laughs> um, the new question is um, definitely the Facebook personal. And I agree with Matt is personal and my um, business page posting on both. Um, and my Google, those are my, my, my most tried and true, um, getting clients. Well, and I know that Facebook is free to do the Google, um, profiles and reviews. Is there any cost to the agent there? Or is that also a free tool? Um, mine has been completely free. Love it. Love the free stuff. (laughs) All right, Matt, do you have one tried and true method that, you know, if yeah. you're mentoring an agent, you'd say start here to get your clients? What I would do is I would pick a complimentary thing that you love, whether it's food or wine or whatever, and target those businesses. So what I did, and it was right before the pandemic, so bad timing, but um, I reached out to a bunch of wineries that were nearby where I lived because I love wine and I like going out to wineries for wine tasting. And I set up meetings with them and even got uh, one of my river cruise reps to come and join me on those meetings and talk about river cruising and how they might form a group with their, with their uh, people who love their wine. And so we got pretty far along those conversations and then the pandemic hit. So now I'm starting to rekindle that. But um, I got a lot of interest by doing that. So if there's something else that you love that you think would be complimentary to travel, um, reach out to those businesses. You can even cold call them, cold email them. Um, My response rate was pretty good. It was about 20%. So don't think everybody's going to reply back. They won't. But it was 20% response rate where I got some interest, made some phone calls, and then did the visits. That can be a big boon for your business. I love that. I think that's such a good idea, especially if you can maybe find another local small business that, you know, understands what it's like to be in business for yourself. You can develop some great partnerships there and, you know, maybe they'll even book travel through you and then refer you outside of their business as well. Uh, You just have to open the door to see where it can go. So that is. And when you do it, offer with help first. That's something I did when I didn't say, hey, I want something from you. In my email, I kind of offered some help to them first. Uh, and if I'd been there, I'd say, hey, you know, I visited your winery. Um, I'm thinking about hosting this party um, for a bunch of my friends who love to travel. And we're going to talk about travel, but I'd like to do it at your venue. How can we do that? You know, maybe do something like that to get the conversation going. Be a customer of theirs. Yeah. One thing that I, I did as well is... Um, uh, I had contests. So once I had more clients, um, I actually earned a $100 Amazon gift card. And I said, well, how can I make this work for my business? I posted online a contest. Um, whoever posted a, a, a Google review and a, a Facebook review, you would be in a contest to get the $100 gift card. So it was a way to, to, to get people excited and to gain reviews. Um, I also, once I uh, was in business longer. I did a um, a wine night um, and I actually gave away a Royal Caribbean cruise certificate. So people came to the event. It was a huge hype. It was um, my past clients. And then this last January, I did a second event where we actually, I rented a, um, a Red Wings suite. And for past clients, if they put in a review, 
applied, uh, did a, a contest um, application, and they got points, basically. And I did a, a live drawing. So it was way to get people excited. They think, wow, um, you know, she's doing some really cool things. I want to book trips with her. You know, I want to get in these contests too. So those are just a few um, advanced ways to get clients as well once you're in the business and have some clients on the books. Absolutely. And all of this stuff that you guys are talking about sounds like at its core fun. And I think that that's great because it gives you the opportunity to showcase some of your personality and let them know what it would be like to really work with you if they're not already. Um, I've got one more question. Uh, this one I really like. Carolyn wrote this out for me. And it's putting a spin on the discussion that we're having and saying, what if we ask this question instead? What are you doing that allows clients to find you? So we're taking that pressure off of going out and searching for clients and putting more of an emphasis on, you know, your public presence and what you can sort of maybe do passively. So what are, what are your thoughts on that idea? That's definitely a tougher one. One tool that I use that has worked for me and I've earned thousands of dollars in, in commission on it over the years, tens of thousands of dollars is uh, the agent profiler that is in uh, agent universe. It's something that we get to that's offered us at no additional cost. And I will get, you know, it's not saying a flood of leads that are coming into that, but I get several leads a month from that. And it's a pretty high close rate. It's 70% plus close rate on there. So they're good leads. Um, what I do is I just focus on one niche there. I don't want to show that I'm something for everybody. I'm just focusing on river cruises in Europe on that profile. And that makes it, um, you know, a lot of people are looking for a travel advisor looking to use something very specific and they're an expert in a specific thing. So I get a good, good, get a lot of good leads from that, but you do have to have reviews on there as well. Just like the Google, you want to, when you set that up, you want to send it out to your clients and please ask them to review you. So you show up higher in the rankings. Yeah. I love that. We've talked about agent profiler before, and it seems like just a really powerful tool. And I love Matt, I love that you always have the numbers. You're like, I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to prove it. Here's some statistics. That's totally me. I absolutely love that. Um, Ashley, do you have any thoughts on that idea yeah. sort of the passive? So uh, make sure that you're involved in your community. Mm. Um, a group, it could be, um, you know, just a soccer club for your kids or whatever it might be. And then make sure that you're talking about travel. The other thing is on Facebook. Um, I'm sure everyone has it. We have one that's called Down River and Friends, uh, where it's a community-based group where there's basically, you know, you're in, you're in there and then people are commenting and tagging you and um, saying, you know, this travel agent's amazing. Um, it's, it's a way that you know, others can suggest you and find you with really no work on your end, um, other than to say, hey, I can help you. Um, but use those tools that, you know, don't cost you that much. You, I Honestly, I don't do any um, paid ads on Facebook. You don't have to pay to find the clients. And if you're providing the service, they'll find you. Awesome. I love it. Thank you guys so much. I feel like we shared some really awesome concrete tips that agents can start putting into action right now. And if you do that, uh, any of our listeners, if you're listening on the podcast, 
Uh, well, if you're listening on the podcast of this episode, hop over to YouTube. We all got into costume for you. So <laughs> come come watch us. But if you try anything and it works for you, you have other tips, let us know. Drop it in the comments. We'd love to just keep learning and networking with each other. So you guys, I think that we are all good unless you have any other closing thoughts you want to share about finding clients. I know we could talk about it all day. but Fine. <laughs> uh, those clients. <laughs> all, right. all right. Well, thank you, Ashley, so much for coming and being on all the right. show. Matt, uh, you're going to stick around because you are actually in our next segment. Um, again, so much fun about finding clients. I think that we took the idea of sort of blindly bobbing for your clients away. And it's more of a strategic, you know, approach now because we like to bob for apples, but we don't like bobbing for clients. I know that's corny, but it's the Halloween episode. So now it's candy corny. Oh, God. Uh, I killed myself. Okay. <laughs> so, Matt, we are here to talk about Matt's Compass, which is one of my favorite segments because I just love hearing about your travels and everywhere that you've been or everywhere that you want to go. And today we're talking about something especially cool to me, which is themed cruise sailings. If you haven't picked this up about me already, I love a good theme. And I also love a good cruise. They are a good time but I'm a little bit confused about what it looks like when you put those things together. So just for my benefit, let's get me on your level and explain to me how a themed cruise is different than a regular cruise or a cruise that maybe has like a themed night or something like that. Yep. Um, and actually, as we're talking about it, increasing your sales, another way is to inspire people. So that's kind of what we're gonna do here is inspire you and hopefully you can use these to inspire your clients. Um, about these different themed cruises. So to answer your question, um, that's a key thing. Most cruises will have a themed party or a themed night or something like that. A lot of agents miss that and telling their clients, then their clients show up on the cruise and realize, oh, it's Scarlet Night or it's White Party Night. I didn't know there was going to be a White Party Night. I didn't buy anything for that. So as an agent, definitely make sure you're finding out what those special nights are on on the cruises because almost all of them have them and make sure your clients are prepared for that the difference um, between that and a themed cruise is the entire duration of the cruise is going to be focused on this theme they're going to have you know music maybe related to it trivia special shows or games um, tribute bands if it's a musical thing all related around this throughout the entire sailing you might have special excursions or stops that you're going to that you normally wouldn't go to if it was a regular sailing so that's probably the biggest difference okay and then how do you or other travel agents how do you find out about these offerings these themed sailings yeah you know and i think we've heard a lot of them in the news and stuff like there was a golden girls cruise this year and then there's the um or i don't know if they do it anymore but i i had a friend who used to go on the nkotbsb <laughs> cruise which is new kids on the block because <laughs> she loved them but those weren't commissionable to us you know you look them up well can i book a client that i know a client who loves the golden girls no it's just a private agency doing this so you really have to make sure that when you're looking out for these to check that they are commissionable. And the first place you wanna go is the cruise lines themselves. 
um, a lot of ocean cruisers and river cruises have special themed sailings just for specific dates. So that's where I would start first. Awesome. And I love that you pointed out the commission factor. That's something that we always need to keep in mind because, you know, that's how we make a living. Well, not, I'm not I don't sell travel, but <laughs> I'm putting on my Carolyn hat. That's what you need to do to get it done. Um, so one more quick question, and then we can get into your actual uh, top three themed sailings. But just in general, despite the theme, like you were saying, make sure your clients know what to do. So how would you prepare a client for a themed cruise that's a little bit different maybe than how you prepare a client for a regular or non-themed cruise? Yeah, for this one, and you might do this anyways, but sometimes you don't always do this. I would get on the phone with them, schedule time with them review the itinerary if you can in advance get the what the special days are and what special things are going on for each day so you can tell them and prepare them if there's special clothing that they have to wear or should wear to make it more fun if there's something they should be prepared for for a special visit something like that um, they do meet and greets so if you for if, if there's stars on board right so you might have a special item or the client has if they're a big fan that they want to bring and ask to get autographed. So those are some of the things that I would do to help them prepare for the sailing. It probably requires a special additional phone call. Okay. And I see we have a comment here too about authors being on board. So that's so cool. And like, really, I love that we're just diving into these sort of niche experiences that you can have. Um, so without further ado and no need for additional suspense, just go ahead and let me know what are your top three themed cruise sailings. I'm dying to know. All right. So the first one is an 80s themed cruise. It's on Princess. Now Princess is hosting this. It's not through a third party agency or anything. So it's perfect. All you have to do is find the sailings and then promote that to your client who loves 80s things. They have several different sailings throughout the year. Um, actually, I have that up here. The next one is in January of 2023, but they have one in February. There's two in April. I think they're adding more. They typically are four or five night sailings that go out of Fort Lauderdale, Galveston, or San Diego. So you have several different options there that kind of span the cruise market all the way from the West Coast to the East Coast. Um, the special things that they do on them is they will have uh, special tribute bands. There will be special 80s movies, costumes, special shows, um, and, and dance parties, of course. On Princess, they even have um, special shows, 80s TV shows that will be playing in your stateroom that you can watch. So this means you can see, listen, dance, play, and even dream the 80s on this cruise, um, but you do want to bring your own glowworm or Teddy Ruxpin because those won't be provided. <laughs> See, and that's a travel agent value. That's <laughs> what you let your clients know. Yeah, and you might, a fun thing that you might do for a client who books this is maybe give them a special gift bag with some 80s themed goodies in there. Um, if you do want to find out more about these, I would just Google Princess 80s themed cruise and stuff will come up. Awesome. Do you have another one for us? I do. But now, this one's a more, it's a river cruise. 
Now we've heard of wine themed river cruises. We've heard of the Christmas market themed river cruises. Um, people don't hear so much about the authors being on board river cruises. So that's great that Ashley brought that up, but that's a thing too. But this one I wanna talk about is the, it's on Avalon Waterways and it's a beer themed river cruise. They have, which makes sense, you're in Europe, right? Um, so it goes through different, there's several different itineraries, some that are passing through, most of them pass through several different countries, including the Netherlands, Belgium, France, Germany as well. These are all places that are known for their beer. They have special, um, well, first thing they have, they have a beer expert on board. So there's going to be a beer expert on board that's going to lead special tastings and tell you all about beer and the history of it and the process of it. So that's really cool. Is and there a name for that sort of a profession? I know there's the wine. Brewmaster? Is, is that what you'd call them? I like that. So they be your brewmaster? All right, let's run with it. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I think that's what it is. Um, <laughs> but not only that, um, not beyond the special tastings and the, the, the brew expert or brewmaster on board, you're, the itinerary is going to be altered a little bit because you're going to be visiting famous breweries. They're going to visit um, up and coming microbreweries as well. So it's not about the big guys, it's about the small guys. Of course, you visit beer halls, beer gardens, pubs that where people you know have been enjoying beer over the centuries uh and like i said there's several different dates and itineraries to to go through in different countries so um, again you know, look that up on avalon's website it's also a great way if you've got one of your clients who really wants to go on a river cruise but their spouse is kind of on the fence but that spouse loves beer <laughs> that may be a way to get them on say hey well there's this special beer themed cruise that might be like oh okay just the thing to push them over the edge i mean i'm already sold i think it sounds great and uh that's through avalon as well so fully commissionable and all of that good stuff yep they're they're hosting it so nothing special you have to do it's not a special supplier or anything um now the next one i'm really excited about um, I recently found this one. It is commissionable. It's not hosted by the cruise line. So it is set up through a third party, but they do work with travel agents. Uh, the website is, and this will give away what it's about, but the website is thebroadwaycruise.com. <laughs> and it's all about Broadway. It's 10% commissionable, not bad. Um, and it starts from New York City. It's a five night cruise. So this means if your client has a week off vacation, they can go to New York a few days early, go check out some Broadway shows, and then board the cruise. They're gonna have special performances by Broadway stars, as well as meet and greets, um, including Kristen Chenoweth, um, who's one of my favorites. She is um, made famous from Wicked. She played Glinda. Uh, and I have seen her in concert before, and she's really good. She's a lot of fun. So this 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 cruise gets me a little excited. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you had me really at just the idea of a Broadway cruise. I just think that sounds like so much fun. And I think what is really cool about these sailings is everybody that's going to be going, for the most part, is sort of of the like mind. They think it's going to be fun, and you have similar interests. So 
I just imagine that whole experience would be really social and a really great opportunity to make some travel friends if that's something that you're into. But then you said Kristen Chenoweth, and I was like, hold the door. I'm going to have to end the show early as I go book this cruise. <laughs> like, that just sounds so cool. Like, I, that sounds awesome. Do you think you're going to try to go? I might. It's the only, the dates, the dates are in um, March through April of next year. And I'm supposed to be in Hawaii during this time frame, but I might be able to leave early. So I'm thinking about it um, because I do really like just Kristen Chenoweth. And it does have other, you know, Tony Award winning stars on there. So it just looks like a lot of fun. And if you're in that space and you love it, like you said, you're going to make friends. It's also a great cruise. These themed cruises, if you're going to be traveling solo, what a great way to travel solo on a themed cruise because you're most likely going to make friends because you already have common interest. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And even if you don't want to make friends, that's okay too, because you'll have yeah. plenty of things to keep you entertained the whole time. So I, those sound awesome. Even if you're not able to make it to the Broadway one, I think being stuck in Hawaii is sort of an okay reason, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, weighing it. Um, and I'm, I'll be back in Hawaii. So the kind of the issue is it's I, I would have to fly all the way to New York to go, which I could do, but then I have to fly all the way back to Hawaii. So it's just a little bit, but I'm seriously thinking about it. <laughs> well, keep us posted because, you know, I love following your journeys and seeing everywhere that you go. And they, they all sound incredible. I, you know, think I'd be lucky to experience any of them. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Matt. Well, thank you so much for joining with us. You know, we'll have you back as soon as we can. Bye, everyone. Okay, we are chugging along, everybody. So, <laughs> excuse me. I think when I did my speed talking earlier, I just really messed everything up. So I've been trying to be get back to normal ever since. But we, uh, while we're talking about all these fun destinations and fun experiences to have, I want to mention a YouTube poll that we did on our channel asking all of our viewers and followers what destinations they would want to visit for Halloween. So we listed Salem. New Orleans, Ireland, and Transylvania as our options. And the winner was Transylvania. Uh, I personally didn't vote because I was like, there's no way I could pick out of these. Like I would like to go one every year. <laughs> like, let's just go to all of them. I don't see why not. But thank you to everyone who participated in that poll. You know, be on the lookout. We're gonna be posting more as KHM today so that we can interact with you guys even when it's not a show day on a Wednesday. Um, and if you have any other splendidly spooky destinations that maybe you visited for Halloween or you'd like to visit in the future, let us know because we always want to know where we should be going. Okay, so we've covered thrilling cruises and tricky client situations, aka how do we find them, and now it is time for some more Halloween treats. So I love going to Halloween parties. I love hosting them. I love having them. I love being invited to them. And there's always these glorious spreads. And they have all these creepy creations or downright adorable little foods or cocktails. And it can be really hard to try to stay creative and come up with something new that you haven't seen before. Or maybe you just want to mix it up. I've done even just like little themed dinners for smaller groups of people or 
even just me and my boyfriend, I will make him eat all sorts of weird Halloween ideas in my head that always seem good in here and that look a little weird on the plate. But for today's show, I really just wanted something that was going to be super simple and super customizable. So I'm going to show you and sort of walk you through the process because I think it's pretty clear I should not be handling any food products at the moment. This is super fake hair and it's so long and there's glitter everywhere. So for sanitary reasons, I will not be preparing any food, just sort of walking you through it. <laughs> but I have prepared some garlic ghosts, some pepperoni people, and pumpkin puffs. So what is the base for all of that is just a crescent dough. I know that they make them in the full sheets now, um, but I couldn't find that at my grocery store. So I just bought a regular tube of crescent rolls, laid it all out on a cutting board while it was still chilled. And you know, they're the kind that's meant to be rolled up into the triangles, but I didn't do that. I kept it as a solid sheet. And then I went around and just pinched all the edges closed and sort of flattened it. I don't have a rolling pin. I'm just learning this. I don't know, I don't have one, but I don't. So I used actually like the smooth side of a meat tenderizer to flatten it out. I just wanted to sort of get it as flat as I could. And then I flipped it over the sheet of the crescent roll and I did the same thing. Pinched uh, the seams on the other side and flattened it out again. And you just do that until it sort of looks like the sheet. Now you can skip this whole process if you can find the other one. And if you do, more power to you. And then you just wanna prepare your cooking sheet with some nonstick spray. And while that's setting, you break out some Halloween cookie cutters. I found these in my attic. Honestly, they're probably older than I am. I think my mom's had them since forever. Um, so I use this pumpkin for the pumpkin puffs. It's so cute. It's a decent size. It's like about the size of my palm, maybe a little bit bigger. And I went with stuff that wouldn't have super fine detail because when the crescent rolls are gonna cook, they're gonna puff up a little bit and lose their shape. So I chose this for the ghost shape. It's again about the same size as the pumpkin, but it's not too fine in like the hands or anything like that. And then I have a traditional little tin man here. And for the tin pan, I actually did two cutouts because I layered them together. I made it like a pizza pocket. And on the top layer, I used the smallest cookie cutter in the world. It is the tiniest little heart shaped cookie cutter. I do not even use it for food. I use it for clay, but I washed it and it's fine now. So once you have your shapes cut, I was able to get on the, a single sheet that does the eight, two of these, of the pumpkins and the ghosties, and then two of the Tin Man, which equals one shape. So you want to fully assemble your Tin Man or your pepperoni person. So you have the two layers and in the middle, I just did mozzarella cheese and some pepperoni. And then you put your other guy right on top. So it'll be layered like that with your goodies in the middle and make sure your heart cutout is the one that you save for your top. And then I just took a fork, just any old fork as such, and pushed it around the edges of my little guy where they met the layers so it sealed it up. And then you put everything in the oven at the suggested temperature, but you only wanna do five minutes. And again, these are blank. There's nothing on them, they're just a crescent roll shapes. And then you pull it out, leave your pepperoni guy alone because he's stuffed. You can maybe have an egg wash if you want. I didn't take the time to do that. 
And then for your ghosties and your pumpkins, you add a garlic butter mixture. I made mine from scratch, which is some melted butter, freshly minced garlic. And these guys, which I've sort of fallen in love with, um, they're just like little stir in herb paste things. I don't know, but they're just great to have around for when my fresh herbs are dying because I kill all my plants. So I've got a basil one and an Italian herb one. So I just mixed all that in there, sort of eyeballed it. And then you put those on top. And I sprinkled with mozzarella on this one, the ghost, and then cheddar for the pumpkins for the color reasons, obviously. And I really tried to keep it to the shape. And then everything took another four minutes for the single layers, so for the pumpkins and ghosties, but another about two minutes after that for my Tin Man people. And then once they came out, I decided to add a few little extra details with a sriracha packet. I just nipped it really small so that it was almost like a piping bag and added a few details. So you can see these were, I don't know, I'm worried that if I try to show the whole plate, it's just going to be a messy disaster, but let's see. That's getting kind of a messy disaster, <laughs> but I liked the black serving dish because I thought it had contrast and I wanted to try to show that. But this is how the pumpkins turned out. You can really see they held their shape really well. The yellow looks really cute and they smell amazing. And then the ghosties, I am honestly kind of impressed with. I think they look so cute and they're so garlicky and those are the little sriracha eyes. And they smell so good. Um, so yeah, they held their shape really well and I think part of that was the flattening. And then this is your pepperoni person. So you can see kind of his little heart cut out. I added some sriracha to it to sort of make it look a little messy and a little icky. <laughs> And uh, there you go. And it's super simple. I think it would pair really well with pasta. We did uh, in the 4th of July episode or around that time, I showed you how to dive pasta. And I mentioned how cute the bow ties would be as little bats and little black uh, food, co food coloring, food dye. So if you pair that with a simple sauce, you got these, you got a Halloween dinner that is ready to go and will be absolutely delicious. And, uh, Sarah, they were so good. It was so hard not to eat them. Sarah Rawlings Sarah was commenting that they look yummy. They look yummy. They smelled yummy. It was really hard not to eat them and save them for the show. So I'm probably going to smash after this. Um, now for the leftover dough, because you are doing the cutouts, don't pull it all together and roll it up like you would do if you're maybe doing um, like sugar cookies or something. It just starts to get weird. Uh, but I don't like food waste. So I tried to make, they're not so cute, but <laughs> I tried to make like little bones just like by hand. Um, again, I mean, nobody's calling, trying to like put these in a museum for their artistic worthiness or anything like that. But they could just like be a cute little filler on your plate. And uh, yeah, so that was a cute little fun appetizer or side or something. I will list all my ingredients in the process a little bit better out for you guys in the video description on YouTube. And if you've tried them or you have other ideas, you know, share them with me. I'm always looking for things to do. And lastly, because food is important, but so is decor. You can't have a good Halloween party or a good Halloween dinner party or anything like that without setting the mood. And I am going to attempt to show you how to make a bat out of a cloth napkin. So you just want to start with any old cloth napkin you got. It really doesn't matter the color. I just happen to have black, so I'm doing that, but it works because bats are that color. So I'm gonna move my set dressing to the side a little bit. 
and you wanna lay it out like so. So you've got your little points here, oh, oh, here, and then you've got your points at the top and the bottom. Now you wanna take your bottom point and take it towards your top point, but you don't want it to be overlapped perfectly, so you don't want a perfect triangle. What you actually wanna do is offset it just a little bit so that you have this going on at the top, and these are actually gonna be your little bat ears. So it's all gonna make sense in a minute. And then you'll just wanna lay that back down. Now, as I think I'm doing it upside down, okay. And as you're going, you wanna start with your seam side up. I don't know why, it just works a little bit easier. Um, after like the four tests I did. And now if you have an iron, I do suggest sort of ironing your seams as you go, or at least at the end, because it'll help it hold its shape. So you can knock these out early in the party and not have to worry about it while you get other things done. But uh, now you want to take the bottom fold that is closest to you like that and put it pretty much towards the top, almost all the way. It's going to sort of look like a sailboat with the tiniest little sail you ever did see. I'm going to hold it upside down so you can see there's just that little bit remaining. I will lay it back down. And what you want to do is take your finger. Um, <laughs> I hope so. Let's all make bats. And then show me how much better yours are because I kind of struggled with it. So now you want to take your finger and trace it from in between your little bat ears all the way to the bottom of your fold. And then you want to take what's going to be your wing, so like one of these edges, and just fold it over like that. And again, I'm just pressing my creases as hard as I can to try to make it so it stays and my lines are really clean. And then you do the same thing with your other sort of wing and you fold it over like that. I'm gonna try to show you guys now it's sort of taking shape. Again, this is upside down, but that works for bats. Bats are upside down. So you do that. And then next step is gonna be taking these little ends here and then flipping them over. I'm gonna go ahead and do that now. So you flip them down. So they kind of look like little dog ears, like how dog ears can get a little teacuppy. So it's like like that. So you flip it like that. And then you want to pull up the body a little bit. The body is like where the ears are and their main point down at the bottom. And then you just scrunch it up and like push, push your ends together. Almost like you're going to stick silverware in there. But I tried that and it looked bad. So don't actually do that. Unless you like the way it looks, but I didn't. And then push your center down. And then at this point, it's is when you would really want to flat iron the whole thing if you can, or just try to like leave it be. Um, so here is the final result. You have a little bit. I did cheat on this one so I could show you guys. So I pinned the middle here, which is why it's not the one I just made. But the other one looks about the same. But this one's just easier to display. So this is your little napkin bat, and now you are ready to be the hostess with the mostest. All right, so that is... That's all I got for y'all today. Thank you so much for joining the show. I had a blast. I am feeling super inspired and just ready to have awesome, unique experiences, right? So I, of course, need to thank all of our show sponsors as well for their continued support of the show with a special shout out to Apple Leisure Group, our main show overall sponsor. And next week, you guys, we're going to have a really big show. So please try to tune in because we're going to have the folks from Real ID coming on the show to share all of the info that you need to know to get your clients prepared. So this is going to be a big topic. So please try to make it or rewatch it at your convenience. And David Pritchard, one of our favorites, is also going to be back to talk about how to survive 
the upcoming eating season. After spooky season comes eating season. I like them both, not gonna lie to you. And then our girl Wanda is back and she's gonna talk, she's back from Dubai. Hopefully she'll tell us a little bit about that, but she's also gonna talk about creating a targeted Facebook ad. So lots of fun stuff going on. Thank you everyone for joining us on YouTube or listening to us on uh, your favorite podcast platforms. And of course, have a happy Halloween.